Tyler? Yes. Are you ready for another South Park special? I can't fucking wait. Yeah. I'm so fucking pumped for this. I mean, honestly, I just want another season, but I will take another special in the meantime. Yeah, especially um, being that it's just going to be based on vaccines. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they're... I think this will be good, because I'll say it, like, I'm pretty sure they're just going to fucking shit all over the anti-vaxxers, which will be amazing. That so, would be pretty stellar. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I, I, like, I predict in my head, I just see Randy Marsh somehow joining, like, QAnon and trying to stop the town from getting vaccinated because it includes a microchip that's going to allow Bill Gates yeah. to control your life. Yeah, me too. And, the, like, yeah. There's so much to that. That'll be an awesome South Park episode. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this is... Uh, this will be cool. And apparently it's coming this month in March. I, I so. know. I can't wait. I want it now. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm all for this. I think this is a yeah. I, I want another season too, um, but yeah, g- give me a couple specials in between. So yeah, something to tie me over. I'm okay with that. But yeah, yeah. quit dicking around. Get a new season out there already. Have they said like when there'll be a new season? I don't know. Usually the new seasons are in like. October, November, and then they do like a mid-season break and kind of resume in the new year because like that's how they've covered like elections and stuff in the past. So I'm, I was kind of surprised that they still haven't done anything. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Have to wait and see. Yeah. This is cool though. Mm-hmm. And then it looks we got uh, Benedict Cumberbatch in a in a Hitchcock remake. The 39 Steps. Yeah. Which. This could be cool. I'm not familiar with most of Hitchcock's work, so I really have valid feelings on this either which way. I like Benedict Cumberbatch. I think he is a phenomenal top tier actor. I'm sure he'll crush it in everything he does. But that being said, I don't know fucking nothing about this. Yeah, like I'm the same. I don't know a lot of. Hitchcock stuff, other than like the one probably everyone knows. Mm-hmm. But I think Benedict Cumberbatch doing kind of like a horror Hitchcock thing would be really cool. Yeah, well, I'm curious to see. So, like, just like reading on, they talk about um, the original film basically is about uh, the main character goes on the run in Scotland after being falsely accused of murdering a secret agent and then becomes involved with a attractive woman while hoping to bring a spy ring to light and clear his name. So I would be more curious to see if they like, if this is a modern retelling of it. I would think so. And I mean, with that being said, Benedict Cumberbatch and like a spy thriller, sign me right the fuck up. In a modern one, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, I'd be right into that. Yeah, so... You would think they would do a modern take on it. One would hope, but you never know. Yeah. It doesn't look like they say whether it'll be modern or not, but I hope mm-hmm. so. Because I don't mind like the old spy thriller stuff, but I definitely prefer the modern stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. But ten minutes by thriller. Two thumbs up from this guy. Mm-hmm. And then, are you ready for our this week's Snyder news? Always, always ready for more Snyder information. So this is a small one, but uh, he basically came out and said that he's not getting a paycheck for this, so that he has full creative control. Which I thought was kind of cool. Good on him. And then the other thing is, like, he's he never watched the original one. I think that's also a smart play. Yeah, it you is funny. Wanna, you don't want to watch his version, and then when he goes to make his own, like the Schneider cut, 
you know, have these like thoughts going in of yeah. what things would look like. Yeah, I think that would taint his version. It would be more like a Snyder remix, whereas I feel like this is with him having not seen the Whedon version and doing everything the way that he intended on. And I think that just increases the odds of this actually being a unique and fairly different version of Justice League. Yeah, which it's kind of funny because like reading the article and then it got me looking into some other things is the reason why he didn't watch it is he screened it for Christopher Nolan and his wife and they walked out and they looked at them and they said, you can never watch that because it is not good. Oh, um, really? Yeah, like they, wa- they walked out and they told them they were like, you can never see that movie. Like you can never see what they did to what you originally had planned. Wow. Yeah. Which then I was reading up on it because I was curious because I was like, okay, like how much new footage is it actually going to be? And I looked up and it's a lot. So apparently with Whedon's cut, Zack Snyder had four hours of footage filmed. And only 30 minutes of that was used in the original movie. Really? Yeah. Because he originally intended it to be, to have like, a, uh, he had four hour, four hours of footage. He intended to have a three and a half hour, like, director's cut for the DVD. And then he wanted to shave it down to like three hours or like two, like kind of Avengers Endgame length for the theatrical release. But Warner Brothers wouldn't let him. And they said, bring it down to like two hours. And then all this shit happened and he left. And then Whedon apparently reshot like the whole fucking thing. This gets me a little more excited for the Schneider cut because like my whole fear was like, oh great, I'm going to ba- basically rewatch Justice League yeah. with some minor fucking tweaks where like yeah. maybe he moves, you know, like the timeline of some of the scenes like this happens before this in the movie. But yeah. like knowing that he had four hours of footage and Whedon only used 30 minutes of it. And now he's going through and doing his own like long form directorial that he wanted to from the beginning. And the fact that they've done some reshoots, it gives me some hope that this actually will be a fairly different movie than the one we saw. Yeah, me too. And this is totally a guess, but I would bet that the scenes you're going to see that are the same as Whedon's Justice League is I bet it's a lot of the action set pieces. Mm-hmm. Like, I bet you those are reused. And then I bet all the stuff in between is going to be different, which, yeah. Like you said, it, it like learning that and not knowing that beforehand, a uh, little bit more excited that about this because that was always the fears, like, can you fix Justice League? Yeah. With the stuff that was shot and i think the answer was always no um but knowing that it's like 75 percent of the new movie is new stuff eh, maybe you can fix it yeah it's a possibility march oh, yeah. 18th we're just around the corner here i know yeah i'm I'm really curious to finally look at this, whatever the fuck we want to call it. Mm-hmm. Started from the internet fucking tweeting about it to it being made and all the weird news stories that have came out about it. I'm just excited to finally like check it out and definitively yeah. answer whether you can fix Justice League or not. Yeah, it'll be nice to just get some closure on this chapter. I feel like it's just been going on for a long time, and I just want to like see it, get my hot take on it, and move on. Yep, pretty much. Anyway, so it looks like we got a Magic Kingdom TV universe coming to Disney+. Plus. Yeah. No idea what Magic Kingdom TV is. I never had like the Disney Channel growing up, so I don't know what that's even all about. No, me neither. But what caught my eye about this is it's being done by the creator of For All Mankind. Mm-hmm. And I really like that show. And yeah. It's apparently exploring characters from Disney parks and classic films. So I think it's like a hybrid of like 
a bunch of Disney characters. I Which, wonder if it's going to be like half real, half CGI. Is it going to be animated? Yeah, I, I don't know. But I'm curious about this. I mean, I'm intrigued. When it hits Disney Plus, I'll have a, I'll take a look at the preview and see what it's all about. Yeah, I, I, I think it's always cool when, like, you take all your characters you know, under whatever studio. And I always think it's cool when you just kind of fucking mash them together in weird ways. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, sometimes it doesn't work. Um, sometimes it does. You know, like I'm, I think I, like the Disney example for me was uh, that Once Upon a Time for t- TV show that was on ABC or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I vaguely fir- recall that. Yeah, like the first few seasons were actually really cool. Um, and they actually went down some like cool weird paths like with some of the characters um so yeah i'm I'm curious what this does and kind of same thing like yeah when it hits disney plus i'll take a gander and see if there's anything to it but mm-hmm. yeah and in news that uh i never thought we would hear uh, the Deadpool Raiders are making a Twisted Metal series. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm into this. Uh, I need to. What? I need to. I need to see some casting. But uh, I'm into this. I loved playing Twisted Metal as a kid, and like as a kid, would imagine what it would be like to actually be in Twisted Metal, like yeah. as an adult. Yeah. So like to be able to actually like have those thoughts as a child, like come to fruition yeah and see what it would be like in the real like as long as they don't try to do this as a fucking animated or like a a graphical like cgi thing like it has to be live action they they said it's live action okay that's what i thought i read but i wasn't sure didn't want to get ahead of myself but i'm all for this yeah yeah fuck yeah i mean i like reading this headline it was like kind of a double thing because i was like twisted metal from the deadpool people I was like, what? Is this a joke? Yeah, no, I'm all in. 100%. Just yeah. tell me where to watch it. And yeah, pretty much. Like, that's that's a winning combo. Like, mm-hmm. make make a crazy... I, I bet this is going to be R-rated, too. You know, make a crazy fucking graphic twisted metal show with fucking weird clowns driving weird fucking contraptions with wheels and guns yeah yeah fuck yeah yeah 100% cool as shit um unless they really do dirty and fuck it up but I don't know even if they fuck it up I'm still gonna give it a go cause that just hits my nostalgia strings pretty hard so I'm all in yeah I think this makes sense too like in the world where Fast and the Furious is gangbusters. Yeah, making, well, Fast I, and the Furious does well, Purge does well, and you're just yeah. combining the two. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Totally on board for this. Mm-hmm. Other stuff that I'm actually kind of interested in here. Guy Ritchie, new movie, Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare, a World War II. Yeah. Which, uh, there's not, like, a whole lot of information, but, uh, I like Guy Ritchie's last movies that haven't been nearly as good as his earlier work, but, I mean, I'm intrigued. I've liked a lot of his newer stuff, um, but, yeah, I'm totally down for this, because, uh, they're kind of describing it as, like, Dirty Dozen and Inglorious Bastards in World War Two, which, done by Guy Ritchie. That sounds kind of fucking awesome. Yeah, that sounds like it has a lot of potential. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm just reading up here, and it says the project adapts. Um, kind of, they pitch it as how Churchill's secret warriors set Europe ablaze and gave birth to modern black ops. So if this is a case of like, hey, it's here's this team of 12, just... Had a spy thriller esque fucking shit up during the war, like behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. That sounds fucking rad. Yeah, 
It, I think it definitely has a lot of potential. So yeah. I'm, I'm very much on board with this. Yeah. And I think, you know, they haven't announced any casting stuff or anything like that. But I mean, it's Guy Ritchie, and he usually has a pretty good cast, so... I don't think that'll be an issue, but... But yeah, this is totally on board for this. And then got Mila Kunis um, doing this uh, movie or a show on Netflix. I believe it's going to be a show. Yeah, called The Luckiest Girl Alive. And this sounds maybe all right. Yeah, it's got an interesting premise. I mean, like the short version is, is like, She's going to play this girl who at one point when she was younger, she gets like humiliated and bullied and stuff. And that caused her to want to reinvent herself. And she ends up does. She becomes a whole new person with a glamorous job, expensive clothes, the like, you know, super hot fiance, all that stuff. But I guess she's got some kind of secret that's like buried in her past that if it ever comes to the surface, will just completely ruin her life. Yeah. So it, it sounds interesting i've never heard of the book so i can't really comment one way but i also like mila kunas yeah, me too and she's been pretty uh pretty quiet lately I haven't really seen her in a lot so no and again like if this you getting big names attached to uh films or series or anything like that especially coming from like other ip properties and stuff but going directly to netflix like i'm all i'm all on board yeah and I, I mean, we like these kind of thriller kind of stuff too, right? So mm -hmm. I think this is like, this is a win. You know, I kind of think of like, when I think of this, I kind of think of like that you show, you know, mm, yeah, where they kind of did it like that. You know, if they can kind of do something similar, like, like similar tone wise, I guess that could be really cool. Yeah. And Mila Kunis is great. So why not give her a go? Yeah, good for Netflix on this one. But more so, good for Amazon, because I'm seeing Taylor Kitsch and Chris Pratt are co-starring in a new Amazon series called Terminalist, and this has me fucking excited. Yeah. Right pumped. Because, like, Jack Carr, like, he writes all that shit. It's very similar to, like, Tom Clancy. Mm -hmm. Like, that stuff. So, I fucking love Taylor Kitsch. I think he is incredibly underrated. So Fair to see, see him and Pratt do like a like Navy SEAL spy thriller kind of fucking series for Amazon. Yes. Oh God, yes. Yes all over the screen. Yeah, yeah that's fair. I'm not as big of a fan of Taylor Kitsch as you are, but... Yeah. Did you ever see Waco? And yeah, and I'll stand by that. That's probably the only good thing he's done. My God, I really liked him in Waco, but didn't really like him in anything else he did. But you didn't like him in True Detective? No, he was terrible in that. That whole season was terrible, but he was especially not good. I like Taylor Kitsch. Fair enough. What about? That last, like, Oliver Stone one. The last Oliver Stone one. One of oh. the last ones he did. Oh, that one was awful. That whole movie was bad. Well, the movie wasn't great, but he did phenomenal in it. No. And he was amazing in Friday Night Lights. Okay, Friday Night Lights, sure. And he did that world-jumping one. What the fuck was that called? That Disney one. Yeah. That I was actually... I actually quite enjoyed that film. I don't think he was good in that one either. Wow, just a fucking kitsch hater, eh? I like him in, in Waco. I'll give you that. I thought he was very good in that. Oh. I, I think he's good when he gets a good script. Like I think I think the problem that I have with him is like he, like not his acting ability, because he can clearly act well, you know, like at Waco. But I think it's like the stuff that I didn't like him in, I didn't like the whole thing, so I don't necessarily blame him. But yeah, but this could be cool. I'm what down about 20, for this. What about Twenty One Bridges or Lone Survivor? 
didn't think either of those, not so much? Uh, he, he was alright in Lone Survivor. Mind you, he didn't have a big part in that. And 21 Bridges, he was... He was passable. He was a passable bad guy. But he was, like, oh, phenomenal. Body. I was all hyped when he was in X-Men Origins and the potential of him being the next Gambit. All for it. Okay, that I'll give you that one. He was already in that one. Yeah, you're just a hater. I would say I yeah, like 40% of his stuff. Fun, I get it. You hate him. It's true. Anyway. Fuck, fuck Taylor Kitsch. Anyway, I, for one, am beyond fucking hyped on this. Yeah, and me too. just furthers my... Hope streams desires and my belief that Amazon is just on an upward trajectory. Yeah, me too. I think this is uh I, I'm actually really excited for this too, because it's they've got that Tom Clancy show, which is kinda like in the vein of this, right? You know, they got that without remorse movie coming out. Um you know, so to do more stuff kinda in that vein of like here's kind of a global kind of like thriller action piece. Yeah, that's cool. We don't have enough of that. No. So it's... Yeah, I, I'm if, really excited for this. Well, and if this goes well, Jack Carr, like Tom Clancy's got a bunch of different books, and a lot of them have, like, around different characters, but they're different books, just like Tom Clancy's, like, Jack Ryan and all that other stuff, right? So hopefully this goes well, and then they... Okay, let's start adopting some of his other work. Yeah. My dream for Amazon Prime is they make like a mini Tom Clancy universe. I don't know if they'll ever do it, but like my dream would be like starting with Jack Ryan, they like start to introduce like Rainbow Six and some of the other kind of like series that Jack Ryan has been in. Where they make like kind of a shadowy organization in some of the Tom Clancy books that does really good. You know, that's my dream. I don't know if they'll do it, but that would be, be amazing. That'd be, yeah, that would be phenomenal. Because I think you could do an amazing little, like, Tom Clancy universe in that, like, spy esque thriller kind of action thing. And I think it could be amazing. Well, I mean, look at Jack Ryan. I mean, that show's great. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is good for Amazon. I'm glad they're uh, making more moves like this. Yep. And fucking Peacock. Tyler. Yeah, fucking fucking Peacock. They are ma they are turning the popular video game Frogger into a reality TV series for their Peacock streaming service. What the fuck? I I don't understand the logic to this. Like maybe if they do it as a game show, that that's what it is. It's like a game show, like thing. I would only get on board with this if they did it with real cars. Yeah, I can't see that happening. But <laughs> no, um, yeah. What the fuck is Peacock doing? I, like, what? I, I, I got nothing. What the fuck? And then, like, reading, like, they're also developing game show versions based on Uno and Whack-A-Mole. I, I don't really have a whole lot to comment other than, like, this is just reinforcing the idea that Hollywood is out of ideas. And that maybe no one should pay for Peacock. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Peacock will figure that out soon enough when their fucking headlining content is a fucking real life Frogger game show. Oh, fuck. And no one wants to pay them money. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on from this trash. Mm hmm. Quiet Place 2, Mission Impossible 7. They will be debuting on Paramount Plus exactly 45 days after their theatrical release. Yeah. I, it's, that's a little longer than I'd like. I'm I'm personally a big fan of HBO's same-day policy, but... Yeah. But I'm also... 
like I'm glad that other studios are starting to loosen up when they release it at home. Mm-hmm. You know, especially being that like Warner Brothers was like, yeah, day and date for everything. You know, it seems like Disney is kind of half-ass doing it. You know, well, yeah. some, I feel like. Oh, excuse me. Some of these companies need to team up. Like the streaming companies. Yeah. We're, all we're going to do is we're going to run into the exact same problem that we had with cable TV. Mm-hmm. Where channels would, like, no one would want a channel and then that channel would eventually die because no one wanted to pay to subscribe to that channel because there was too many choices. Yep. And we are very quickly getting to that point with oh, yeah. streaming services, right? Like, and I feel like Netflix is king and always will be because it's everyone has Netflix. Like, I don't know anyone who doesn't have a Netflix account. Yep. Prime is like right up alongside Netflix because the majority of people have an Amazon Prime account, which nets you free Prime Video. Yeah. Right? So de facto, that just has a very large user base. Yeah. And then Disney Plus coming in third because of their like, you know, their global reach, right? They're yep. available in a bajillion countries. And then, and- but it's just a long laundry list where you got like, HBO and you have Crave and you have fucking there's one I just saw yesterday because we were trying to watch Silk Road and I can't remember what it was called but it was called something else and I was like I've never even heard of this and I click on it and it's another streaming service $5.99 a month and I'm like oh there's a fucking another one yeah like there's too many so I feel like these companies need to start like banding together and it's like hey you know what let's uh let's make a deal you have a bigger library than we do Let's merge our libraries and like, you know, split it like, you know, 60, 40, 70, 30, something like that and get it all into like one spot. Yeah. Or some of them, not all of them. Like, I'm not saying Netflix should like Netflix is going to be Netflix. But I mean, I I feel like you take like Peacock, CBS and Paramount and you like put it all together at a discounted rate. That would be more beneficial because it's, like these costs are adding up, right? Like Netflix is almost at twenty dollars a month at this point. Yeah, it's it's we've talked about it before, but it's yeah. going to get to the point where people were like, "Okay, I'm done paying like one hundred and fifty bucks for this cable package." It's going to get to a point sooner than later with you're going to end up being paying close to probably like a hundred and some bucks if you want a bunch of streaming services, and then people are going to be like, "Okay, I'm not I'm done paying this." Yeah, well, and and not only that, but I think something else that a lot of people need to take into consideration that probably haven't thought about it is like your internet, right? Like if you're if you're running an internet plan of like 25 megabits per second, like okay, yeah, if all you watch is Netflix on one TV, that's fine. But now if you have seven subscription services and you got multiple people living in that house, that 25 ain't going to do you much good. Nope. So like to keep up with the streaming services, you need internet that's going to keep up with the speeds, the uploads, the downloads, everything like that. So you got to pay more on that. So yeah. Like at the end of this, to get rid of cable and be like, oh, I'm cutting the cord, I'm done with cable, you're going to end up paying more than cable anyway with your internet and your streaming service costs. And all this is doing is like, fuck me, 2020 was bar none probably the biggest resurgence of piracy I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And people people at home, right? Yeah. Wanting to watch stuff. It's like, oh, well, and that not only that, but it's limited, right? Like we we can't get just straight HBO up here. I have to buy it as an add-on after yeah. I buy Crave. And we can't get Paramount Plus isn't up here. Neither yep. is Peacock yet. Hulu's not even up here, right? Like And then, you know, you add on to that all the region locked shit that you know is like on the US Netflix versus the Canada Netflix, right? You know, shit yep. like that, right? Yep. It's and it's people also getting frustrated with you know, their favorite shows leaving the service, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and then they can't watch it, right? Like, if you're in the middle of a show and then the next day it's gone on Netflix, like, you're probably pretty pissed. So, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. I, I wish... Mean, yeah. What I would like to see is someone come out and create some sort of universal all-in-one app where you can open up the app and you can log into your your Netflix, your Prime, your Hulu, your Crave, your HBO, your Disney, all of it in one location. And from you open up that app and there's all of the libraries of all of them in one place and you don't need to fucking swap between seven different apps when you're finding a movie. You can just open one and play it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's 
kind of why you said like piracy is on the rise, mm-hmm. right? It's like I'm not going to condone it on this podcast, but you can do exactly what you just said. Yep, <laughs> if you set it up right. Um, but yeah, <sighs> yeah, it's it's going to get to the point where people are going to have to make some pretty big value judgments on the streaming services and go okay do i really watch do i really watch a lot of netflix and get my money out of it or is it better to put that money on a dc or the not the dc the warner brothers one right yeah you know and i think that's where you're going to start to see like like the bubble of streaming services kind of start to deflate right you know cuz it's been netflix and prime you know, for years, and then Disney Plus came in, and it's doing well just because of their backlog and the properties they have, right? Yeah. So, but I think these other ones that are starting up, like people are gonna start looking at, like, okay, what is on Paramount Plus that I would watch, right? You know, and then does it end up turning into? You know, the stupid thing of like, okay, I'm going to subscribe to Paramount Plus for one month because they've got a show that I want to watch and then I'll just cancel it then. And right. that seems like so much hassle. And I feel like that's probably how they get most of these people. Yeah. It's how many people sign up for something and then go, oh, fuck, I forgot to cancel it. Yeah. Ah, exactly. Well, it already renewed for this month. I'll just cancel it next month. Yeah. And then it just keeps going and then maybe something pops up that they watch. Right. Pretty so. much the story of how I still have an Xbox Live membership. Yeah. Which, off topic, I converted mine into fucking Game Pass for $1 or so. You can still do that. That's off topic, though. Hmm, interesting. But we can chat later if you want to do that. <laughs> It'll just cost you the low fee of $1. But We'll, we'll chat about that later. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, yeah, go way off topic there. But yeah, Mission Impossible 7, Quiet Place 2, 45 days after their theater debut. And I imagine other companies will follow suit. Yeah. Well, I mean, Universal even has, like, they have something similar, right? But it's like that two weeks or whatever, or one, it's like, it was like set criteria for Universal, if I remember really, where it's like, hey, if it does this well, we'll keep it for like an extra week or something, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's what this is going to end up being is like, I don't think we're going to get all of the studios doing day and date at home but i think you're just going to see like a lot of these kind of weird deals where it's like okay 30 days after then we'll drop it or two weeks or whatever it is right yeah but i like this is quicker than it was before so i'm glad more studios are doing this so yeah mm-hmm. and ray fucking donovan is back baby I'm very happy and also very disappointed by this. Because it's not a like season? Yeah, I, I I think they need a fucking season. Yeah, and I I bet this is the middle ground. Because I, I, after that show ended, all of the cast was like, and like the creators were like, we weren't done. And Showtime was like, well, you're done because you're not doing well enough. And I bet they convince them to just be like, okay, we'll give you like an hour 45 movie and that's it. So I feel like this is the middle ground. I mean, I'll, don't get me wrong, I'll take it because the way they left things off, I was furious. Yeah. So I need some fucking closure. Yeah, they kind of did the fans dirty on that one. The worst. Worst ending to a series I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. So. Comparable to Game of Thrones. Eh. I wouldn't say it was that bad, but it was it, bad. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, at least we're getting something. Mm-hmm. So, which, like, yeah, it sucks. It's not a season because that's obviously what they had planned, right? Yeah. But at least now the creators can go, okay, this is what we have, and they can try to wrap it up there, right? So, yeah. I mean, it, it's not ideal, but it's also better than fucking nothing. True that. So, I mean, I'll take it. I'm. I mean, hey, I mean, this isn't a great comparison, but like Entourage ended and then it got a movie and that worked out all right. But mind you, that Entourage TV show left in a good place. So, yeah, it's like getting a movie was definitely a sick bonus, but it wasn't necessary. 
yeah, because they were able to wrap that show up pretty nicely, actually. But but yeah, I'm trying to think. I I, <clears throat> I know there's been examples of this before, where it's come back as like a movie. I'm just trying to think of what. But I know there has been. I just don't remember. Wasn't it? Um, oh, Veronica uh, Mars. That one, and then uh, Deadwood on HBO. Mm. Kind of did something similar. So, yeah. I'm just happy we're getting closure. Me too. So, yeah. And so the next, like, five news stories are all based on Paramount. So I don't know if we want to group these together or not. Might as well. Because... And I guess why the result of this news is like the Television Critics Association was happening, and that's where a lot of networks will like make a bunch of announcements. And Paramount Plus made a lot, so yeah. So sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> that Criminal Minds companion docu series with their upcoming revival. Yeah. I- I don't know if I necessarily need a companion docu series, and like when they say companion docu series, like is it just going to be like behind the scenes kind of stuff, or is it going to be kind of like in the vein of like Talking Dead was or Talking no. Bad? So what it is is like it it it's a it's a companion true crime doc with a real life former FBI profiler that'll examine mm. real cases and real like criminals, which I actually think that could be cool. Interesting. Yeah, like it kind of almost seems like it'll be uh, like that JCS criminal stuff on YouTube, like maybe something like that, where it's like, hey, here's a FBI profiler, and he's just gonna like analyze this case for this episode, like mm. something like that. Which, I mean, the true crime genre is huge, so not a bad way to do it, especially if you tie it into one of your properties. Not bad. That's interesting. Yeah. So, I'll huh. maybe check that out if yeah, I ever I decide to pay for Paramount Plus. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. And you'll be happy about this one. Oh, I am. So they're. Because uh, they did Waco. So they're kind of going to do spin that off into an anthology true crime based thing and each season will kind of be like what Waco was and that's fucking rad yeah I'm uh, I'm all for this yeah, me too um, we both loved Waco and doing that you know kind of, kind of doing like what True Detective does but kind of based on real life cases yeah yeah, that's. I'm all, all for this. Right into it. I'm curious. They didn't announce like what. I guess real life cases they're gonna tackle, but. I, I'm curious what other ones they do. Right? Do they kind of keep up with the cult stuff? Mm-hmm. You know, do they do like a Jonestown season or something? Right. I don't know. Or do they start to go into other stuff? Right. I I, I hope they cover like all of the big ones. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, super into that. Can't even fucking wait. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of Paramount Plus, looks like they're we're getting a Halo TV series. Yeah, which was originally supposed to be on Showtime because this yeah. has been in the works for god years. Yes, yeah, ever since I can't remember. It was oh yeah. It was like it was supposed to be like a movie in 2013, and then they Spielberg was gonna do something with it, and and then Showtime picked it up in 2018 as a TV show, but I guess never did anything with it, and now apparently it's going to Paramount Plus. Yeah, interesting move. Yeah, um, I'm curious if just because like this has been kind of one of those like. Kind of like that uh, Tom Hardy Splinter Cell movie, where it's just like, it's technically still in development, but like, 
will it ever come out? Kind of things. Like, yeah, is this gonna? Because that's kind of what this has been, right? Because it's been the Halo project has been around since 2013, and we still haven't seen anything about it, right? Yeah. So, are they actually gonna make something with it now? Maybe. I mean, if they're trying to grow that Paramount Plus streaming thing, a Halo TV series would certainly get people in it. Yeah. Um. But. Would you want out of a Halo TV show? I I don't even know to be honest. Like I used to like I loved Halo growing up, but I've just I've fallen out of it like since ODST. Haven't really paid attention or played or touched. So, like I don't I have no idea what I would want or expect. Yeah, and like they had a string of Halo books that I read that are actually really good, and like there's good stories there, but yeah, I. I don't know what I would want out of a TV show. Yeah, I don't know either. You know, do they even do it based on, like, the Master Chief character? Or is it based on other stuff? You know, because if it's not that, then does it just kind of turn into a generic sci-fi thing? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. But I, I think I'm at the point where, like, once we actually find out it's, like, being shot and filmed mm-hmm. i'll probably be a little bit more i guess into it to see like what it is yeah but, for sure yeah then so they also announced another yellowstone spinoff another one yeah um that will be with the other spinoff on paramount plus so apparently they're doubling down on that universe which I think we've talked before, like, is that, like, just quietly super successful show? They keep making spinoffs? I, I guess, but I thought, like, I don't know, my impression was that it wasn't that uh, great of a show, given the fact that, like, it ended up going over to Amazon. Yeah, and I don't know if they... Like gave them the gave the rights to Amazon, or if they were just like, it's not popular enough for us to host it, so like we'll just premiere all the episodes on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was the case, right? I don't know, because yeah, that's weird. Where it's like, so will they have the base Yellowstone show on Paramount Plus? I I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I. Just have to it, wait and see. It'd be fucking hilarious if they had all the spinoffs on there, but you couldn't watch the original show. Yeah. That would kind of be fucking hilarious in its own way. But, yeah, they didn't really give too much info on, I guess, what it'll be, I don't think. Mm-hmm. So, hey, if you like Yellowstone, you're getting another one. Yup, yup. And then what do we got? Jeremy Renner. Mm. Mayor of Crink to star as Taylor Sheridan in a series called Mayor of Kingstown. Also Paramount Plus. Seems like yeah. they're really beefing things up here, eh? Yeah. So I, I believe this is the last of their like TCA announcements. But yeah. so follows the McCluskey family who are power brokers in Kingston, Michigan, for a business who are in the business of incarceration is the only thriving industry and it tackles themes of racism, corruption and inequality. Interesting. Yeah. Seems like there's some meat to this one. Yeah. Like I really like Jeremy Renner and like kind of him as like maybe like a shrewd kind of business guy running like for-profit prisons. That could be really good. Intriguing. Yeah. I mean, if they're attracting Jeremy Renner, there's probably something to it because I'm guessing that guy can maybe pick and choose. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that guy definitely can decide whatever he wants to be in. Yeah. So, I mean, if he's choosing to be this, that tells me there's probably something to it Mm because he's he's a great actor. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm curious to check that out. 
be interesting nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And we got uh, a premiere date for Loki. Mm-hmm. June 11th. I'm excited for this. Like I, having uh, completed WandaVision now, I can't wait for the rest of the, the <clears throat> Marvel shows to come out. Yeah, me too. Especially because <laughs> it seems like they're kind of doing different stuff with the TV shows. Which is what I liked most about WandaVision was it was different mm-hmm. and it was really good. So, like, if they're kind of doing that stuff with the TV shows, I'm all on board because, yeah, I really liked WandaVision, which we'll get into later. But, yeah, that's sooner than what I thought. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really all there is for that one. Yeah, pretty brief. We see uh, Milijovic, Dave Batista are going to star in a George R. R. Mountain, Ma- Mart- Mountain, George R. R. Martin epic called In the Lost Islands. Yeah, being done by uh, Paul Anderson. Hmm. Which? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I actually like, I like her, and yeah, I, Dave Batista is like slowly kind of like turning himself into like, you know, like a mini version of the rock in terms of his like Hollywood career. Yeah. So, I mean, sure. And why not? Is George R. R. Martin just doing everything but writing that last book? Pretty much. That's what it seems <laughs> like. I think he just doesn't know how to end it. And if he ends it in a way that the fans are fucking furious, he'll never hear the end of it. So it's just yeah. easier to not end it. And then no one can shit on him for it. Yeah, probably. That'd be my guess. Yeah, me too. I mean, this could be cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. Did they kind of say what the premise is? I didn't really see. I only briefly screen or uh, yeah, scrolled. So, and it says, uh, okay, so Mila is going to play uh, like a dangerous and feared sorceress who is hired by a desperate queen in order to fulfill her love. And Batista is like a guard, like a bodyguard protector. Mm. That could be all right, like a little fantasy epic. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't uh, know. I just I, <laughs> I I don't have a whole lot to say. Like I like those two as an actor. Yeah. I like George R. R. Martin. I mean, he obviously wrote Game of Thrones, but yeah. it's not something I ever expected. And in, until I get more more, more info, info, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. And in really exciting news, uh, so Neil Blomkamp revealed that uh, he's working on a sequel to District 9. That is exciting news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the film that kind of launched his career. An amazing film that could definitely use a sequel. Um is he's starting to work on it so that's fucking rad yeah that's that's pretty fucking yeah i'm it, it like he didn't release any other information because i think he's just starting to write it but uh yeah th- i i was always bummed that we never got a sequel to that it was such a good movie yeah and it had like it had all the potential for like more movies kind of in that universe right so, yeah, I'm I'm totally down for this. I think it's a no-brainer, to be honest. Yeah, no, me too, and I, I can't even freaking wait. Yeah, so I wonder if this was a case of, like, he never had the idea for a follow-up and then just kind of popped into his head one day and he was like, all right, I got it. Maybe. Because District 9 was a long time ago, 2009. Oh, yeah, it was quite a while, quite a while ago. You know, that's almost 12 years so a follow-up this long down the road i mean we remember district nine but do a lot of other people you're probably not if you haven't seen it you really should like yeah it's definitely a cult classic like it was a game changer when it came out in terms of like what it did and what it showed Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm super super excited for this yeah me too i'm i'm so good so glad this is happening because yeah, when that District 9 came out, it like kind of came out of nowhere and it was like under the radar. And then you watched it and you were like, shit, that was amazing. 
So, yeah. This is rad. Mm-hmm. And then it looks like our last piece of news for the day is in something else that nobody actually asked for. We're getting a Terminator animated series on Netflix. Uh, why the fuck, Tyler? Does Netflix have such a hard-on to make everything into an anime? I don't know. Like, it's they've got, like, a Tomb Raider anime, fucking Resident Evil anime, a Pacific Rim anime, a Godzilla anime. I got, I got, I really, I genuinely don't know what to say to this other than this is something that I don't give a fuck about. I don't care no. about it. No. I don't know why it's a thing, but. What are they going to turn into anime next? Place I, I your don't. bet. Fast and the Furious. You're going to get a oh. Fast and the Furious to anime. No oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, they got to differentiate themselves somehow with stuff. And I know anime is huge, it's just not our thing. So I guess doubling down on it is good for them. But I, I'd much yeah. rather a live action Terminator show. Yeah, agreed. Um, but hey, if you like anime and you like Terminator, you're in luck. One's for you. Yep. But I don't give a fuck about it. No, me neither. That's all the uh, that's all the news. Yeah. And so on what we watched, I watched a movie, Ava, with Jessica Chastain, and Colin Farrell. What is that all about? It's, I was hoping it was going to be like one of those good bad action movies on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. And it turns out it's just a really bad movie. Like, bad. Oh? Like, I did not like it at all. All right, then. Like, I think everyone should probably know by now that I'm a big fan of my bad action movies, and it doesn't take much to hit that bar on a Friday night. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just, it was just sloppily put together and didn't seem like the plot needed to even exist. Like what's it, the, and what's the plot? So, Jessica Chastain plays this hitman person in this hitman organization. And apparently she had some previous issues where she would talk to the people before she killed them. Okay. And apparently the management didn't like that and like gave her a bunch of shit for it. Which, like, if you're talking to them and then you kill them, does it matter? Yeah, no? I don't know. I would think not, but... Yeah, but apparently it does. And then, so she does it again, and then that spirals into uh, the management hitman company um, sending a bunch of people to kill her. And that's kind of the plot. Hmm. And yeah, like it it seemed like a plot that didn't need to exist because it was like, that sure seems like a real stupid reason to have a bunch of people come after Jessica Chastain as a hitman. Yeah. She talked to someone before she killed them. <laughs> and yeah, Colin Farrell is like one of the heads of this and everything about his character was real bad. Yeah, it was just like not a good movie from like oh. start to finish. So yeah. I was hoping for like, hey, I like just Jastan, I like Colin Farrell. Like, I'm down for like a a nice little nonsensical action movie. Mm-hmm. And then like, I got like halfway through and it was like, my bar wasn't high to begin with, but this isn't meeting it at all. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, if you're looking for an action movie, maybe skip that one. All right, then. I'll make yeah. a mental note. Yeah. Then we both watched all of WandaVision. Did you like it? I did. Me too. I actually quite thoroughly enjoyed it. The first 
the first couple episodes in the black and white didn't care for. Oh, really? I actually really like those. But once it actually like started progressing and stuff, I definitely got into it. Yeah. So we'll probably... I'll just yeah. say, uh, full spoilers ahead if you haven't seen WandaVision, so we'll probably talk about it. So. Mm-hmm. So the most like interesting part was like I like I want to know because I still don't have a definitive answer. Like, did she actually bring Vision back to life? No. Well, but that's the thing though, right? They she says she doesn't have those powers and she can't do that. But then in the last episode you find out that she has chaos magic, and they explain that that's the most powerful type of magic in the world, and it is capable of bringing people back from the dead. Yes, because then in the post credit scene, like, she's kind of doing the Doctor Strange thing, where, like, the ghosty witch person is studying the book, and then you hear the kids' names. Mm-hmm. So, I, w- I would bet, and this is totally me just guessing, but I would bet that left the door open so that they can bring the kids back, and I don't know that Vision actually comes back. See, and I'm thinking that she actually really did bring Vision back from the dead. And I don't know if she will bring the kids back. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's it's hard to tell like which part is her yeah. blurring the, the reality and which part is Agnes blurring reality. Yeah. But then, it's definitely for sure she has that ability. So that's yeah. why I think she legitimately did bring Vision back from the dead. Yeah. But then obviously the real Vision that was dead, they after that post credit scene, they assembled him. Yeah. And they're going to use him for bad stuffs. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think they left the door open where they could bring him back if they wanted mm-hmm. to. But if they don't, like, no one's going to bat an eye, right? Yeah. But, but yeah, overall, I, uh, I really, really liked that show. Um, yeah. I think she was amazing in it. Like, she played that character awesome. Yeah, it was very, very well done. Yeah. Because like that show was essentially like a story about her dealing with her grief, mm-hmm. and she like plays that part awesome. Um, you know, with the different episodes, like doing all the different sitcoms and stuff. Like I think they balanced that out in such a cool way of like, hey, this episode is like Modern Family, you know, and here's some of these older like '30s sitcoms, right? Yeah, like, I, I I really enjoyed like the different intros they did with each episode. And it was yeah. like the intro was based off of other sitcoms. Like the one was obviously I Love Lucy. That one intro they did was very much like Malcolm in the Middle. Yep. Yeah, I, think they I definitely one, thought like that was Brady a nice. Bunch, yeah. Too, so, yeah. So it was definitely, it was cool. It was very well put together. It was very well written. And like this was our first foray into uh, Disney's Marvel shows. And like if this is kind of how they're going to do them, I'm all on board. Yeah. Like it. It felt like high, high quality and high production production value. Yeah, yep, I agree. And I, like I, I really like that it's like it's something different too, mm-hmm. which I think is a really nice tra- change of pace. You know, because like you think of the Marvel movies, like they're all kind of the same, right? Like some of them have different tones, right? But like at the end of the day, they're they're like a Marvel superhero movie, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so for the show to kind of like do this weirdly different thing you know where like that show isn't really about the end battle you know between her and that other witch right like that's part of it but like it's not really the point of the show right yeah so it's to be able to like do a marvel thing and not you know have the point of it to be like okay and you get your powers and then you fight the bad guy right mm-hmm. i thought it was kind of nice so yeah, I mean, all in all, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I I assumed it was going to be pretty decent, but it was it definitely exceeded my expectations. Yeah, I went in like kind of going like uh, I'll probably enjoy this, but same thing, and like I came out of it going like that was way better than I thought it would be. And yeah, I'm really curious if uh, so they brought that uh, her brother back but from the X-Men movies. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. And I'm curious if they just did that as a bait and switch because he was just something she made or if 
that's them saying like, hey, we're gonna bring some of the actual X Men actors back oh. as their characters. I'm curious if they just did that as a nod, or if that was them like subtly being like, hey. Maybe this is what it'll look like. I don't know. See, what I gathered from everything I've been reading online is, is, uh, like he obviously, like Agnes was the one who brought him right into that reality and brought like a version of him, but didn't bring him back from the dead. So Quicksilver is still very much dead in the MCU, as far as I'm aware. Okay. And I think because she was just bringing a Piedro into the show to kind of like fuck with Wanda and see what she's like actually capable of. Right. That they just kind of did a nod and wink to the audience. Like, Hey, yes, that my understanding is they, they brought him back. Evan Peters, I think, or whatever his name is. They chose him specifically as a wink to like, Hey, like the X-Men is part of Marvel now. Yeah. Here is like a showcasing we can use the Marvel characters and the actors in this show now. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But I guess we'll have to have to see how it continues to play out. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say like that like him coming back in probably be one of my own only complaints. Like I didn't didn't actually care for that part. No. Um but I like Evan Peters. I didn't yeah. care for him as Quicksilver. And I didn't care for how they made his Quicksilver on the X-Men side of things. I didn't mind him in the like in the X-Men movies that he did. I didn't mind him there, but No, but like I'm not saying like him as an actor playing as Quicksilver. I meant like his backstory cuz like oh, yeah. cuz the backstory they show you in WandaVision, that's their actual backstory, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas in X-Men when they introduced Quicksilver, he was just some fucking kid with a mutant gene living in his parents' basement. And yeah. that's that's not Quicksilver. Yeah pretty much but yeah overall really liked that show mm-hmm. um yeah i'm i'm curious curious how well received it was from like the general audience like i know it's getting rave reviews but like i think you mentioned you heard a few people that weren't too hot on it well, like the, pe- the people I, that weren't too hot on it were just didn't like the first couple episodes, oh. which I get because they're trying to like start to build up this like series kind of universe and get the plot and the character development going for a, a show. Right. So it's just like most seasons, like when you burn through like a whole show that's got, you know, more than five seasons and you go back and watch, typically the first one's the worst because they're trying to find their footing and they're trying to develop right. everything. Right. Once you get that sort of stuff established, it's a it's kind of a different show altogether once they are established, right? Yeah, and I bet and, people would have been a lot more accepting of that black and white if they did it for just one episode, like they yeah. kind of did with the other kind of sitcom styles they did. Yeah, because you know, they would just do like one episode as like Modern Family and one episode as this, whereas like I think the first two or three episodes were in black and white. I think. Yeah, well, I think the the first two for sure, and I think the third one, it, like, shortly in transition to color. Right. If I recall correctly. Yeah, which I could get why people don't like that. Like, I personally thought it was awesome, but uh, I like all that old shit, so. Yeah, and that's not really everybody's cup of tea. So, like, yeah. the people I know who weren't hot on it, they just didn't like the first few episodes, but once it started picking up and things started happening and it, you know, found its footing for lack of a better term, then they like, they really enjoyed it. And I totally understand. Cause I was the same way. Mm-hmm. I watched that first episode and I'm like, well, nothing exciting is happening. Nothing exciting has happened. It's in black and white, which I don't care for. And like this, you know, TV script plot, like there's no explanation as to what is happening yet. Cause you don't know why this is black and white. They're living like they're in the sixties or seventies. Mm-hmm. so like i the first one i was like okay well i'll just keep watching apparently it gets better and i just kind of like stuck through it yep yeah it was super solid it, it definitely exceeded my expectations so mm-hmm. yeah i don't know that i have have much more to say on it but yeah not not a whole lot with like without going crazy into like spoilers and yeah. stuff i just kind of want to see how this is going to continue and it makes me very hopeful or yeah. the other series that they're going to premiere. Well, yeah, I think 
the next one is Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I want to say that starts like next week. Yeah, soon. Like I want to say it was like the the week after WandaVision is when Falcon and the Winter Soldier starts, but I could be wrong. I'm just looking it up. No, March nineteenth. So not it's like a two or three week breather. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I'm excited for that one too. So yeah. Right. Well. I guess that's that for this one. Yeah. All right. I will talk to you next week. Later.